tonight was special. Tonight was bigger than just a Sacramento Kings beatdown of the Brooklyn Nets. Tonight was a message sent by a team, an organization, a city, and a fan base. A message that this team, organization, city, and fan base have not had the national platform to send until this point. Finally, Sacramento gets a national TV game. It's been a long time. I think the last national TV game in this building was Kings and Pelicans when the NBA and the world shut down because of COVID-19. That's the last time we've had a national TV game in this building. Certainly, it's only the second time I can remember an actual NBA on TNT game being in this building. It was a platform that Sacramento was not going to waste. It does not matter who the Kings played tonight. It could have been anybody. I firmly, truly believe it could have been the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. The Sacramento Kings would have done to any team what they did to Brooklyn because it had nothing to do with Brooklyn. It had nothing to do with the opposing score. This had everything to do with Sacramento showing, one, how capable of a basketball team they are, and two, that they are sick and tired of those who don't watch Kings basketball making the jokes, going for the low-hanging fruit, and judging this team, judging this city, judging this fan base based off of the last 16 seasons of failure. By the way, during those 16 seasons, the fan base never faltered. In fact, the fan base rallied to keep the team here. And yet there are still people on social media making comments like, why is there still a team in Sacramento? There are prominent national media members continuing to take jabs at Sacramento for the Tyrese Halliburton trade, not even bother to pay attention to who, oh, what DeMontis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox are doing in Sacramento. Those who are national TV pundits who are supposed to pay attention to every single game. And when they talk about the Sacramento Kings, they mention Buddy Heald still being on the team and wanting out. They mention Tyrese Halliburton never getting playing time when he was here. People who are uninformed and who clearly actively choose not to give Sacramento the respect they deserve as one of 30 NBA franchises. Tonight was about Sacramento saying you cannot ignore us any longer and only mention us when it's the punchline of a joke. And as someone who is from Sacramento, as someone who works professionally in the media scene but grew up a diehard fan of the Kings because I know how much this organization represents the fans and I know how much this fan base supports this organization even when a lot of the time they don't deserve the support that they get. I am from here. These are my people. This is my place. And tonight, even as a unbiased media member, although of course the bias is here on Locked on Kings, but as someone sitting in a media section where I'm not allowed to cheer, and it's a good thing I'm not allowed to cheer, Tonight was special. Tonight was important. Tonight was fulfilling. Tonight was more than just a Sacramento Kings blowout win. Tonight was about this city. Tonight was about this team showing that this, just because there's Kings or Sacramento on the front of their chest doesn't mean you should just count them out and expect them to lose. And even though they're now above 500, seven and six on the season, there's still so much, to, uh, so much season to go. We're 13 games in. Still plenty of time for the wheels to fall off, even more time for this team to look even better than they did tonight. Who knows if this team's gonna make the playoffs? 
The only thing I know is if they do make the playoffs, this city is going to show up even more than they did tonight. And believe me, they did show up. But I know whether you were in this building feeling the power of this game and the significance of this game and this moment and this stage for this city, or you were watching at home, or maybe you were watching on national television in a completely different market. I hope you didn't miss, or I hope you don't push aside or let the significance, the narrative of this game beyond just basketball fade away. This game was about this city. This game was about an organization and a fan base taking an opportunity that they don't normally get and often deserve to remind the world why this is one of the best places for professional sports, one of the best places for basketball, and the best fan base in all of pro sports. You're listening to the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season today, presented by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest service. BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists who are available 100% online. You can learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. My name is Matt George and I'm right there with you, Kings fans. Pump out your chest. Feel some pride tonight. Feel some pride tomorrow. Walk into your office or your place of work surrounded by your coworkers who may mock you for being a Kings fan. You have to deal with all those jokes, all those side comments, those snickers every single time you put on a Kings jersey or wear a Kings hat or choose to continue to support an organization that has not won in 16 seasons. Have some pride today or tonight because finally... The world saw, at least the rest of the country, the NBA world, nationally, saw what the Sacramento Kings are capable of, but more importantly, what this city is capable of. So pump out your chest and damn it, be obnoxious, because you've deserved it. The Sacramento Kings kicked the living you-know-what out of the Brooklyn Nets. They wiped the floor with the Brooklyn Nets. And again, like I said in the intro, I don't think it mattered who the Kings played tonight. I think they would have done this to every single team. And, I'm, and, and some of you might think that's an overreaction, thinking that the Kings would have blown out the Brooklyn Nets or whoever the best team is in basketball, in your opinion. I genuinely don't think it isn't because this had nothing to do with an opposing team. This was all about the Kings tonight. The Kings took the floor clearly to send a message. Trust me, if we are sick and tired of the comments online, if we are sick and tired of the narrative, if any publication nationally bothers to talk about the Sacramento Kings, it's typically low-hanging fruit and oftentimes misinformed with what's really going on. If we see that, if it frustrates the hell out of us, you best believe it frustrates the hell out of players. Even if De'Aaron Fox didn't dominate tonight's game, you best believe he took the floor tonight going, this is an opportunity for me and my team to showcase why we're different. I guarantee you, Terrence Davis was the star tonight. We'll talk about him. You best believe that he had some personal and also some team 
representation that he wanted to make tonight. He had a message that he wanted to send himself. I can say the same thing about Kevin Herter. I can say the same thing about every single person in this building tonight. So pump out your chest, feel good. Feel like you should. Feel like you should as a fan of a professional franchise. This should not be a once in a lifetime feeling like it feels like for Sacramento Kings fans, right? This should be a feeling that you carry with you consistently as a fan of a sports franchise. Tonight, Sacramento reminded everybody, maybe even reminded themselves that they're for real, that they're legitimate. And even if we've seen this team compete a lot recently, I mean, they've won seven of their last nine games. This team is on a roll right now to say the absolute least, and they've done better and better and better and better with each passing game, leading to something that I've been asking for for a long time, which is a basically wire-to-wire domination performance. That's what this was. The Kings looked like the better team than the Brooklyn Nets from the absolute get-go. They kind of stumbled, struggled a little bit at the end of the first quarter. Start of the second quarter, they missed an assignment on Patty Mills, who hit a wide-open three. Mike Brown called a timeout 15 seconds into the second quarter. From that point on, the Kings obliterated Brooklyn, and it wasn't close for the remainder of the night. 153 points in regulation. I guess that's one shy of the Sacramento record. That's ridiculous. And you can't tell me that those 153 points were just a ho-hum, the Kings were hot performance. There was something bigger happening tonight than just a basketball game. Something bigger for these players, extra motivation for these players, extra motivation and passion inside this building from this fan base. We all knew what this opportunity meant. An opportunity that hopefully will now happen more. And I'm talking about more national TV games in this building, more national TV games featuring the Sacramento Kings because that way the audience can't ignore them unless they want to turn off the the TV completely. I'm so happy and hopefully there are some of you who have not paid any attention to Kings basketball who are maybe listening to Locked on Kings the first time. You're probably going, Jesus, this guy is a pastor or something. He's preaching and on a soapbox right now. You have to understand the significance of this game to this city. To people like me who have been in the trenches, who have been in the gutters, the sewers of absolute garbage and trash and frustration for the last 16 seasons. This victory is won in 82 games. It's not a playoff victory. It's not a championship. We're not going to throw a parade for it, but it's something that this city needed. And I hope that maybe you're coming to Locked On Kings now because you want to follow this Kings team a little bit closely. I guarantee you the Kings are not going to score 153 points every single night for the remainder of the season. They're going to come back down to earth at some point. I'm certainly hoping it's not against the San Antonio Spurs who come into this building on Thursday, Thursday. But if you're going to pay more attention to the Kings now, I say welcome because this is a fun team. This is a team worth paying attention to. There are so many pieces on this team that are exciting to watch. De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis. If you are new to Kings basketball and you've only really been paying attention to any national narrative involving that Sabonis Tyrese Halliburton trade and think that the Kings got fleeced, welcome to reality. We're happy to show you how it really is because those two are doing fantastic work. Both teams won the trade. It doesn't have to be one or the other. If you're an Indiana Pacers fan and you're watching because maybe you enjoyed what you saw tonight, I hope you're very happy with Tyrese Halliburton. I hope you're very happy with Buddy Heald. I hope every single person who watches and enjoys NBA basketball can learn to find enjoyment out of what the Sacramento Kings are doing. Because even if Terrence Davis is not gonna score 31 points every single night, even if Kevin Herter is not gonna hit, what did he hit, like five or six three-pointers, he had five of them every single night, although he's more than capable of doing it. 
This Kings team is deep, they're fun, and I apologize to you that you were robbed of a good Keegan Murray performance because Keegan got hurt. Because Keegan's very exciting to watch too. So I say this, I don't know if I speak on behalf of the Kings fan base, because I know there are a lot of Kings fans that are like, don't you dare get on the bandwagon now, I've been here, you, you let me enjoy my room on this bandwagon. I understand some of you are like that. For me personally, I say welcome. Welcome to paying attention to Kings basketball, because it's fun and it's entertaining. Now, the Kings are not the best team in basketball just because they put up 153 points on a Brooklyn Nets team that is clearly struggling and floundering right now. They've been off to a horrendous start to this season, especially off the court. The Kings still are going to hit a lot more bumps in the road. They might be an over 40 win team. Like, we're still realistic here. But overall, Kings basketball is worth paying attention to. Real Kings basketball is worth following and then having educated conversations on the games based off of what you've seen, not what's, what you've read or what you've thought about or what you've assumed based off of the last 16 seasons. I hope you enjoyed it. Welcome, and I hope you had fun. I also hope that you enjoyed Terrence Davis tonight because, man, was he excellent. Terrence Davis was so good. Going to talk about him. Going to talk about Kevin Herter. Going to talk about this whole Kings team performance in a blowout. Going to talk a little bit about Keegan Murray's injury, but right now, I want you to hear from head coach Mike Brown, Kevin Herter, and Terrence Davis. I asked all three of them about what this night meant, sending a message and representing the city of Sacramento, not just themselves, and here's what they had to say. Mike, as you can imagine, the last 16 seasons have been tough for this fan base and for this city. Tonight felt like a message for the team, of course, but was there an element of this win and the performance, the 150-plus points, that was also a message for the city, like you mentioned? Yeah, and the fans were fantastic. Um, you know, you, you can feel their energy in the building. We felt their energy against the Warriors. And like I said, to be on national TV, and and have the performance that we had as a group, uh, have the fans into it like they always are into it, um, and then have the commissioner in the building. Uh, again, it feels good for the city of Sacramento and the fans to be in that position and to perform like that for them uh, on this stage. Terrence, you shared a moment with the crowd after the game. Um, excuse me. Uh, how much of this nationally televised uh, platform for you was about you showcasing yourself, and how much was it also kind of showcasing and putting Sacramento on the map a little bit? Uh, no, it was all about Sacramento, man. Uh, we just wanted to, you know, come out here and uh, kind of show the world, man. Uh, we need more TV games. <laughs> Simple, uh, but uh, no, it was it was fun, you know. Uh, I don't think I had a, a ESPN T, TNT game since my rookie year, so that's uh, and I was you know over in Toronto, so that's a uh, I was three years ago, so it feel you know it feels pretty good you know just uh just to you know be able to showcase you know as a team man it, it was great like that was really fun. Kevin, I know this is just your first year here in Sacramento, but you and the rest of the team have been asked a million times about the the playoff drought. So for a national audience opportunity like tonight, how much of it was about like representing the city and, and sending a message on the national scale about this team in this city? Yeah, you know, we, we got a long way to go. I just think we're trying to just bring a good vibe to the city, bring a positive positive atmosphere to these games, um, trying to play free, and just tonight happen to be in front of a, a national audience. But, you know, we put together a little winning streak going here. We're, we're on a homestand. We got two more coming up on this before we hit the road. So, yeah, we're trying to take care of business here at home. Thank goodness 
for this sponsor of the Locked On Kings podcast. I'm using it right now, and it has saved me many a headache during Sacramento Kings games. I would be sweating buckets right now with the adrenaline that I am feeling because of this Kings win, if not for sweat block. These antiperspirant wipes are amazing. They help remove those odors and those obnoxious sweat stains that you have to deal with. And here's the thing. I applied sweat block three days ago and it's still working like a charm. That's because it works up to seven days per use. So it's not just wiping yourself every freaking 10, 15, 20 minutes trying to get rid of all those horrible sweat stains and those sweaty issues that we all have to deal with. Sweat block helps you out and then some. Sweatblock, an amazing sponsor here of the Locked On Kings podcast. Something I encourage for everybody. Makes a great gift uh, this holiday season. A little stocking stuffer. Put it in there and make sure they know that no matter the circumstance, whether you're at work, you're out working in the yard, uh, you're on a, on a golf course, which is something I struggle with all the time is sweating on a golf course during a humid day. Sweatblock handles it all and then some. If you or somebody you love is experiencing the embarrassing sweat or odor, you can try Sweatblock right now with 20% off if you use promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Again, that's promo code locked on at sweatblock.com for 20% off, or you can get Sweatblock today on Amazon. This episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is also brought to you by Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, something that I use every single day. Rocket Money has saved me over $150 a month of subscriptions that I both didn't want and honestly forgot that I had. All you do is enter your bank information and then it'll find and track all of the subscriptions that you have, including all the unwanted ones. But here's the best part. A lot of these subscriptions are hard to cancel. They're designed that way so companies can continue to rake in your money, making it as inconvenient as possible for you to cancel that subscription. So Rocket Money has a concierge that can cancel unwanted subscriptions for you. Check out Rocket Money. It's not just that. It also uh, balances uh, your spending reports and shows you uh, different trends in your spending. It'll, <coughs> excuse me, it'll let you know if you're spending a lot of money at one place and it'll compare your week-to-week spending reports to show you if you save money or spent a little bit too much money. Rocket Money handles so much for you. It is an absolute must-have tool in 2022. You can cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Seriously, it can save you hundreds per year. Or if you're like me, seriously, over $100 per month. It's the best app that I've ever used. Check it out, Rocket Money. How in the world did I get all the way to the second segment of this podcast without talking about Terrence Davis specifically? Because what a phenomenal night that he had, right? We talk about sending a message for the city, right? Sending a message for this organization. Terrence Davis also sent a message for himself tonight. Finished with 31 points, 12 of 16 shooting from the field, extremely efficient, 7 of 10 from three-point range, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals. He didn't play a single second in the first quarter, came into the second quarter, actually made a mistake on that opening play, got chewed out on the bench, and responded like that. Terrence Davis, the real deal tonight, and also stepped up in a major way with Keegan Murray going down. He started the second half in Keegan Murray's place. Terrence Davis was phenomenal in this game. That microwave score that we know he's capable of being while also being a reliable option on the defensive end of the floor. Where do I even start with Terrence Davis? I've I've talked so much about messages sent, right? How about the message that Terrence Davis sent to the national NBA audience? How about the message that he sent even to Kings fans? I've talked a lot with Terrence Davis about his consistency issues, right? 
At the beginning of last season, I asked Terrence Davis, hey, consistencies, inconsistencies, these are things that you need to get better at. And he talked openly about it, saying, yeah, like consistency is something that I'm working on. I know I have to be better on both ends of the floor on a nightly basis to really secure my spot. And people forget that before he got hurt last season, Terrence Davis was playing the best basketball of his career. He knows people forgot about that. He brought that chip on his shoulder, not just into the season, but into this game tonight. He recognized that this was a stage for him to also have a big night to make a name for himself, as well as put the Sacramento Kings on the map a little bit. You just heard him talk about it uh, a little bit there uh, or earlier on in the pod when I asked him about it at the podium. But tonight is a night of celebrating for what Terrence Davis was able to do. A significant performance, a confidence-boosting performance from him. Again, not something that we can expect every night from him, but another example of the depth of this Kings team that different guys can step up on different nights. Now, Kevin Herter, he stepped up already a bunch of times over the course of this season. And boy, oh boy, was he on one tonight from three-point range. He finished with 19 points, 5 of 7 shooting from three. He really got the Kings going scoring-wise in the first quarter and picked it back up. I think late second quarter, uh, third quarter, when the Kings were really uh, creating separation, Kevin Herter was just automatic from three-point range, also had three assists. How about a message that Kevin Herter is sending on this national stage? He comes from the Atlanta Hawks team where he was a starter. He was an important piece of Atlanta and the playoff runs that they made, so he wasn't no scrub by any means. But he comes to Sacramento after being traded by the Atlanta Hawks to say, look, I'm not coming to this organization who's been in the pits for the last 16 seasons to disappear and kind of die and fall off your radar. You're going to pay attention to what I'm doing because now I have a bigger role. They need me to score more here. They need me to shoot more here. And damn it, I'm going to take that role and I'm going to thrive in that role. And he has done that so far. Kevin Herter is sending a message to the rest of the NBA, sending a message to Atlanta. Y'all should not have traded me and y'all should have given me a bigger role because look what I can do. I don't need Trey Young to be the best version of myself. No disrespect to Trey Young and what the Atlanta Hawks are doing. They chose to let him go. He's come to Sacramento and become one of the most reliable scoring options for a Kings team that is now 7-6 and six and has overcome an 0-4 start. Those messages right there. But then look at the entire team performance for Sacramento, right? We know thir- uh, Terrence Davis is 31 points. He was the leader. He was the guy. He was the big star having his big night. But typically when you see blowout performances, like a 32-point victory at home, you think, okay, the star or the guy, man, he got his. Like someone went for 40, multiple guys went for 30-plus. How about the fact that in a 32-point Kings victory, where Sacramento as a team scored 153 points, how about De'Aaron Fox only having 14 points, but he did have nine assists, got his teammates involved? How about DeMontis Sabonis, who dominated early in this game? There was nothing the Brooklyn Nets could do to stop him on the inside. And the only reason why that didn't carry out for the remainder of the game is because the Kings were playing so well, especially from the perimeter, that he didn't have to. 17 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 1 steal, and 1 block. It's an impressive stat line. We certainly know he's capable of more. He just showed it in the win against the Golden State Warriors a couple nights ago in this building. So you have 31 combined points. You combine... De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis' points together, it matches what Terrence Davis was able to do by himself. Your two top dogs in a 32-point win with 153 points on the board only combined for 31 points. Now, some would say, isn't that a bad thing? To me, absolutely not, because that shows how team-oriented they are. And look, when the Kings went on that massive run in the second quarter that created the separation and they never looked back, the majority of that run was with De'Aaron Fox on the bench. Some people are going to twist that 
and say, wow, <laughs> the Kings played their best basketball tonight when De'Aaron Fox wasn't playing. No, think of it this way. De'Aaron Fox, for his entire career here in Sacramento, has had to be the guy, the absolute alpha, everything on him. If Sacramento was going to put together a big run or respond to a Brooklyn Nets run or create any separation, it was going to be because De'Aaron Fox was on the floor and he was facilitating it. He was the head of the snake, as Luke Walton liked to call him, over and over and over again. He still is the alpha here. He still is the star. This still is his team. But I guarantee you, De'Aaron Fox prefers being able to sit on that bench and watch the Kings put together the run that they were able to do without him. Watch Terrence Davis, a bench player, a rotational player, someone who a couple of games ago didn't even get on the floor and now is flourishing and putting up 31 points at home on national TV. I guarantee you he's loving seeing that. He has a big smile on his face seeing that. De'Aaron has help. Sabonis has help. So for them to only put up 17 and 14 points in a 32-point blowout win, I think speaks volumes about where this team is at. And it's not just them. 16 points for Harrison Barnes. He got off to another strong start in this game, a quiet 16-4-3, but you'll take that every night from Harrison Barnes. He didn't have to be a monster for the Kings to blow out win. Malik Monk, 15 points. I mean, a quiet 15 for Malik, and I didn't know Malik could do anything quietly, to be honest with you. Trey Lyles, 12 points. I mean, the Kings had over 80 points, I think, off the bench. Now, a lot of that had to do with the fact that they emptied their bench towards the end. Everybody was getting playing time. I thought it was really cool. Matthew Dellavedova got his first opportunity to play here as a king in front of the home crowd. He got a massive ovation. And then less than a minute later, Rashawn Holmes checked into the game. And we know what Rashawn has been through. He's gone from starter to rotation player to out of the rotation. He got a massive ovation in this game, and he responded by hitting a corner three, which was really cool to see. Everybody was getting theirs. It was that kind of night. It was a night for this team to showcase what they are, a night for them to enjoy all of the fruits of the hard work that they've put into this point, even if there's a lot of hard work to go, and also a night for this city to remind the world how good it is, how much of a basketball town this is, and one that, like I've said many times already, cannot be ignored. The Kings as a team did that. Unfortunately, the only bad news from tonight Keegan Murray hurt himself. We'll talk about that injury. We'll talk about the fact that the Kings were finally able to do something that I've been asking for, at least over the last couple of Locked on Kings episodes, at least over the last couple of weeks. Kings, 7-6. and six. They're over 500. they They've won four games in a row, and I'm very excited to share with you who's going to be joining me on tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast to talk even more about it. I will get to that in just a second. First, though, let me tell you about another great sponsor of Locked on Kings, but the number one way, in my opinion, to play daily fantasy NBA, it's prize picks. Now, instead of dealing with drafting teams and managing rotations and all of the sometimes monotonous daily maintenance that comes with a full NBA fantasy season, prize picks removes all that while being just as fun, if not more fun. The way prize picks works, you pick two to five players and a over or under on their projected scoring. So, for example, Terrence Davis tonight might have had an over-under projected scoring of six and a half points. Well, if you took the over, you smash that. Maybe you partner that with De'Aaron Fox's over-under. Maybe he was 20 and a half tonight, and you took the under, and you got that. DeMontis Simonis was 18 and a half. You took the under. You got that. If that's the case, you pick those three players, you hit all those, you can win up to 10 times 
of your money. And it's simply you versus the house, you versus prize picks, no sharks or anybody else that you have to worry about defeating. And right now, prize picks has an incredible offer for you. If you use promo code locked on NBA when you first sign up, you can get a hundred percent instant match of your deposit up to a hundred dollars. So you deposit a hundred dollars, you get a hundred dollars back. You deposit 50, you get 50 back. It's free money right there for you to play with and make more money on the best way to play daily fantasy NBA. It's prize picks. It's a real bummer that Keegan Murray didn't get to share in the exuberance that was this night for this team. And maybe out of all people, this sounds horrible, that it's best that it kind of happened to Keegan because he hasn't been in the league that long and he certainly hasn't been a part of Sacramento that long, so he doesn't know what the struggle has been like. But at the same time, too, he recognizes the opportunity that this was, his first ever national TV game. And even though he only played 12 minutes, had four points, three rebounds, I thought he played well. I thought he was active. He had some, a couple of moments. Mainly it was Harrison Barnes' job of defending Kevin Durant, who I think finished with the quietest 27 points that I've ever seen. But Keegan Murray played well. He left the game during the second quarter, seemed to be holding his back, had some back soreness. Coach Mike Brown, after the game, said that he was going to be evaluated tomorrow. So we'll get more information on that. I'm glad in a blowout that the Sacramento Kings decided to err on the side of caution uh, with him and not risk anything. But it's a bummer because I think Keegan, like everybody, would have gotten going tonight, certainly would have finished in double-figure scoring and would have been or would have made it all five Kings starters in double figures. So I hope he gets well soon. Hope he gets more than uh, his fair share of opportunities on national TV to show what he is capable of. And like I said, if you're watching Locked on Kings basketball, maybe for the first time tonight or the first time in a while or truly paying attention because it's on national TV and now you're listening to Locked on Kings, I'm telling you, Pay attention to what Keegan Murray's doing. He's an incredibly exciting, fun rookie. He might not beat Paolo Bancaro or Benedict Matherin for uh, Rookie of the Year this year, but he's doing important things on a Kings team that is trending heavily in the right direction and hopefully will actually be playing postseason basketball this year. Right now, they've won seven of their last nine games. They are on an absolute roll, to say the least. They are seven and six. God, that's crazy to say. Seven and six, considering they were 0-4 with three losses in this building to open up the season. I'm going to talk a lot about that slow start and what's changed, because a lot of things have changed, with my great guest on tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast, the legendary Jerry Reynolds, who can give us a, a coaching perspective and a broadcasting perspective on what's going on. I'm very excited to talk to Jerry about this night, what this night meant for the city of Sacramento, which he's been a part of for a long time, what this meant for this organization, which he's been around for a long time. And then I really want to talk to him about Mike Brown figuring out his rotations and how significant that's been to the success of the Kings over the last couple of weeks. So Jerry Reynolds, Kings legend, former Kings head coach, will join me on the Locked On Kings podcast tomorrow. I hope you will join me for that then after Kings and Spurs on Thursday, which I hope the Kings can build off this momentum and I hope they don't walk into that game with a swagger and get punched in the mouth by a San Antonio team that's been playing really well, surprisingly well, to start this season. I hope Sacramento can not fall into that pitfall, not fall into that trap game and continue things going here on their home floor because there's no reason why they shouldn't be 8-6 and six after that game. But we'll get to that when we get to that. I'll have a post-game pod, of course, after that game. And then the G-Man, Gary Gerald, Kings radio broadcaster, he will join me on Friday's episode of Locked on Kings. I got so much great Locked on Kings content coming for you here this week. 
So if you're new, welcome. I hope you stick around. If you're an OG who's been around for a while, you know I love you. So good to enjoy these positive podcasts with you. And I hope you felt the, I hope you felt the bliss, the freedom, the statement that this King's win was not just for your city, not just for your team, but for you as a fan. I appreciate you. My name is Matt George. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.